The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what I did was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play. Off to the races. Touchdown. Oh, he's done it again. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. One more day. Our last start or sit episode for the 2021 season. And it's... Yeah. Hooray! <laughs> well, I can do better than that. Uh, where's the applause? There. Hey! Yeah. Congratulations, guys. You did a great. You had a great year. You guys worked so hard. You deserve some rest and relaxation. Of course, we're going to be podcasting three times a week going forward. By the way, but we already have our schedule for next week. Yeah, but we already had to change our schedule for next week. Kudos to you for a, a great season, and uh, I hope you get some sleep this weekend. You deserve it, fellas. Yeah. You too. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. And we're, I'm going to ask you for your top five for 2022. That's what we're going to kick off the show with. Uh, should we talk about the Thursday night game? Let's start with that. No, 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 no. RJ Barrett, you didn't see that shot? Oh, my gosh. Did you see it, Jamie? Uh, no. You did? Oh, go on Twitter. Go on Twitter. Look at that shot. Thursday night basketball on TNT. Uh, it's been an exhilarating sports week for me. So uh, we got eight NFC home games to talk about. And I'm optimistic that the two NFC West games will be normal and competitive and interesting. And yes. not week 18. One of the coverage. AFC West games, too. Wait, wait, uh, yeah, but yeah. I'm not, I don't care about AFC. But I'm on the NFC. <laughs> I don't care about those games. Well, the only game that's going to be really... Really exciting is going to be that AFC West game. We'll see about that. No, I think the NFC West games will be good. I, I hope they're good. How about the NFC East games? Oh, yeah. I mean, that Washington Giants game. Woo! <laughs> Today we or this week, we'll, we'll finally alert the answer. Who's the worst quarterback in football? Jake Fromm or Ian Book? Who is going to be worse? I'll take my chance with Ian Book being the worst. <laughs> <laughs> don't, be, don't be so sure. All right, let's, uh, let's do our 2022 top five. How about it? And if you watch CBS Sports HQ today, you'll see the top 20. But, Jamie, I'll give you the, the first word here. Give me your top five for 2022. And this cannot change for the next nine months. Sure. Uh, Ian Book is one. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Taylor's one. This is PPR. Uh, Austin Eckler's two. Dalvin Cook is three. Derrick Henry is four. And Christian McCaffrey's five. All right, Dave? 
Taylor's one for me. I'll take Derrick Henry second, Cook third, Kamara fourth, Eckler fifth. That was very fast. Jonathan Taylor, Derek. All right, so for Jamie, it was Taylor, Eckler, Cook, Henry, McCaffrey. For Dave, it was Taylor, Henry, Eckler, who? Cook, Taylor, Henry, Cook, Kamara, Eckler. Kamara, Eckler. Yes. Okay, so let's dive into it. Jonathan Taylor, one for both of you. Derek Henry, two for Dave, four for Jamie. I was trying to do this last night, you know, who's, who's the top five, whatever. I came to the thought, Jamie, if Taylor's one, why wouldn't Henry be two? You know, because Taylor's not going to catch a bunch of passes. Henry was better than, on a per-game basis, was better than Taylor. I, he did get hurt. Um, why wouldn't he be two for you? He's four for you, Derek Henry. Um, I will probably change that once I see what he looks like. I want to make sure that well, the foot is not a problem. He's, bi- he's so, a big guy. Um, yes. He's a big guy. Uh, <laughs> he yeah. wait while he was on IR. We don't know. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Could be down to, you know, svelte Darren Sproles, something like that. <laughs> okay. Um, Eckler, two for you. Eckler, five for Dave. Dave, what gives? I'm just worried that Eckler uh, is going to continue to share to a degree in this offense. He's still awesome. But I, I'm looking for a bounce-back year from Alvin Kamara. I think Cook has earned the right to be considered one of the best running backs in fantasy. And it's not to say that I don't like Eckler at all, but I think that there's certainly an opportunity for Kamara with a, potentially a new quarterback bouncing back in a big way next year. I wonder if they stay with Taysom Mill, though. I mean, he's under contract. They win with him. Uh, did you guys both have – I know you both had McCaffrey in there. Oh, no, Dave, you did not have I McCaffrey. I had McCaffrey. And I didn't have Cook. I had Cook eighth or ninth because I think he's potentially breaking down. I mean, last year he managed to miss, I think, only two games, but he left a lot of games early, and I was nervous about that this year. And this year it's just one thing after another. In fact, I'm, I'm interested in talking about him for this week because I haven't seen much on him, but he left last week's game with an injury and didn't really play that much, I don't think, after. You know, they didn't have the ball that much in the fourth quarter, and it was a mess anyway with the backup quarterback. But... Cook just scares me. I mean, the, the workload is so enticing. The talent is so good, but I'm I'm concerned that he's Ezekiel Elliott and is just going to be dealing with injuries. Um, he's not quite Zeke, but you know he's like a year ahead. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I I guess I guess punishing it does make sense because McCaffrey has obviously missed a lot more games, but McCaffrey and Cook, Dave, to me, don't feel that different. They feel different to me. I I see Christian McCaffrey with four notable injuries that cost him a lot of time over the last 14 months. And not only do I get nervous about that as a first-round investment in fantasy, I wonder if the Panthers coaching staff is going to do something about that and say, all right, listen, this guy's great. We've got to have him in there when we're passing the ball. Do we take some of the work off of him when he's running? So when it's first and 10 or second and short, why do we even have him in there? Let's take him out of there. I wonder if they start to limit how much he's on the field. It's not to say he's not a first-round pick. He's definitely a first-round pick. But mm-hmm. one that I think you've got to look at and say, I need a plan B for the two to ten weeks that he'll miss in 2022. And we might have to say that with Cook, too. I don't know if it's going to be ten games for Cook, but we could also say that for any running back. Derrick Henry is my number two running back. He missed half the season. So that's the nature of running backs. 
in fantasy football. I think everybody who's played for a long time knows that it's a fragile position. And Jamie, it being the, you know that it is a fragile position, who do you think will be in full PPR number one per game? Is it McCaffrey or would it be someone else? If I had to pick somebody not Taylor, um, I mean, McCaffrey's got the best chance to do it. No, healthy. I think you should include Taylor in there because I think I think a lot of people might say, hey, I, I think McCaffrey in full PPR would be the best running back in fantasy. I just can't trust him to stay healthy. Uh, yes. If you tell me right now McCaffrey's playing 12-plus games, he's the number one running back yes. per, on a per-game basis. So yeah. um, I almost feel like five is too low. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, five is going to feel low probably for anyone you have five, <laughs> right? Uh, and no wide receivers for you guys in the top five. Okay. No, but I mean, just to give you a sneak peek, because uh, I've I've obviously compiled all yours. Um, uh, I think it's uh, here. I have it from you. So just guessing, it is. Uh, so Dave has three wide receivers in his top ten. Adam has one wide receiver and Kelsey in your top ten, and I have four wide receivers in my top ten. So we did it for the show on HQ by tens, uh, just because it's easier for their graphics <laughs> uh, as opposed to doing it by twelve. So when you see the stories, we're out, we'll have stories on these um, starting next week. So of uh, the three of us, Heath. Uh, Chris and Dan. Uh, I think those are the only people that have sent me stuff. Um, so I'll compile everybody's lists, uh, and, and that will be top 12s for all the positions and top 24. But in just terms of the top 10, um, you have the least, Adam, in terms of non-running backs. I, I, I have eight running backs in my top 10? Yes, and you're the only one with the tight end in your top 10. Interesting. Okay. I guess I'll have to defend yeah, has it. no tight ends in his top 20. What's Dave Richard? None. What? I believe Chris has four. Yeah, well, he did last year, too. He had three yeah. in his top 12. This was a 12, big fan of three in his top 12, right? Yeah. Yes, and I think only one of them panned out, right? No, Kelsey. I don't think he even had the one that truly... I mean, if you're, if you're saying Kelsey panned out, sure. He was pretty good. Kelsey did. So let's, let's say he panned out. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to get into the NFC home games now. And remember, each game will have a, a 2022 question to kick it off, and then we'll... Break it down. We also have a mailbag show this week, so it won't be as many questions, but as as per usual, we will have a mailbag uh, that airs Friday on YouTube, Saturday morning on the podcast feed. And if you want an edge setting your DFS lineups, what better time to play some DFS, okay? Uh, the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast gives you all of the expert advice you need, so listen to the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast wherever you listen to FFT. Time for your news and notes. Justin Fields is on the, the on the reserve COVID list. It's going to be Andy Dalton at Minnesota. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Elair is out. Deontay Johnson and center Kendrick Green and cornerback Joe Hayden, they're all on the COVID list. So we talked about that game yesterday. You know, I'll say Ray-Ray McLeod's getting a ton of targets, and he's got the third most red zone targets in the last three weeks. And that was with Deontay Johnson. Dave, is Chase Claypool definitely the best Steelers wide receiver? And are any Steelers wide receivers must starts now with Deontay Johnson likely out? I haven't taken a look at Ray Ray McLeod's usage over the last couple of games. Last time I saw him, he was a short area target for him who really came in handy when Pat Fryermuth was on the concussion list. I I think he's going to continue to play that role. That's my assumption based on what I saw. I don't know if he's going to turn into a big play downfield guy. But that, the short targets are obvious there because the offensive line's terrible. Roethlisberger can't throw the ball with velocity down the field. 
And I think you're going to look at McLeod as someone who could pick up a lot of targets and be decent for PPR. I'm going to look up what his price is on DraftKings. He could definitely be someone that comes into play as a cheap buy this week. But it's Claypool would be the guy that we'd like. I think so. I Look, I'm not super excited about it because he's been such a mess this year. But 30% of the target share is gone with Deontay Johnson. And I'm not exa- I'm exaggerating by like 2%. He really was a humongous part of the passing game. Those targets are going to go elsewhere. They're not all going to go to McLeod or Fryermuth or James Washington. It'll be spread around, but I bet Claypool sees a slight uptick. We've seen it this year when he's had a bunch of targets, usually the numbers. We see it with every receiver. When they get a lot of targets, they get a lot of numbers. Mm-hmm. Except for Ray Ray McLeod. He has 29 targets in his last four games, and he has about 90 yards. Uh, so- <laughs> he is priced at... 3,800 on DraftKings, which means if he gets you 11.4 PPR, he gives you three times value. That That is realistic. Uh, James Conner was limited and Chase Edmonds missed practice. So we're, that's going to be one of the first games we talk about. The Cardinals and the Seahawks will break down that backfield. Jimmy Garoppolo was limited, but we still expect Trey Lance at this point. Darren Waller was limited. Do you guys feel like, well, you're ranking Waller. You expect him to play, right, Jamie? At this point, yes. I mean, today's practice report will be telling, but I think, you know, you got to be excited about him being out there in the Raiders' biggest game of the season. So just a matter of how healthy is he and how much will he be leaned on as per usual. But I think if you have him and you're playing in Week 18, you're probably starting. Marquise Brown missed practice, and so did Lamar Jackson. I would assume that Marquise Brown has a better chance to play. I mean, he misses practice a lot and ends up playing. Lamar Jackson, on the other hand. Lamar Jackson's birthday today. Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Lamar Jackson. Hope it's a special one. I hope you play. I'd love to see you this weekend, but right now we're expecting it to be Tyler Huntley. What'd you make of this comment, Dave? DeAndre Swift expecting a similar role as what he had last week? What is that? Yeah, that's gross. Makes me I, I'm nervous to trust him as anything more than a middle to low end number two running back. Okay. Uh Nick Chubb was limited. How much do we trust him, Jamie? Nick Chubb going up against the Bengals. If he plays, I trust him. You know, so I, I think you look at it right now. Kareem Hunt still limited in practice. We'll see if he goes. Uh, Dearness Johnson, as of now, still on the COVID list. So he might be seeing a ton of work. And so it's just a matter of how much they want to run him out there in a meaningless game, knowing that he's such a big part of their future. So it's just it's just a matter of, you know, obviously who you're comparing him to if you're if you're doing a start-sit scenario. But I think if he's on my fantasy team in Week 18 and you tell me he's starting, I'm playing him. Antonio Gibson was limited. Dave, do you expect Antonio Gibson to play? Do you expect him to be a start this week at the Giants? He should. I I do expect him to start. I do wonder how much he'll actually play since it is the last week of the season. I don't know if I would do it if I were Washington. I'd want to get him healthy and ready to go for next year, but they're obviously viewing it a different way, and I certainly don't dislike the matchup. Kadarius Toney mispractice. He's likely going to be out. Braxton Berrios mispractice. We'll see if he can get back on the field Today, Michael Carter, though, he practiced in full. So, again, we, we covered this game yesterday. Talked probably pretty briefly about Michael Carter here. But where is he going to end up in your rankings, Jamie? Michael Carter at the Bills. Uh, he'll be on the border of a number two running back in flex. Uh, I think it's a tough matchup, obviously. Um, he's going to get a lot of work, I would assume. So that factors into that. That's in his favor. Um, and he had a tough matchup last week. You know, he still started to – he looked good clearly before he got concussed. So – it's just, uh, you know, depending, again, who you have to compare it to. But don't love the matchup, but the workload's going to be fine. 
All right, if Antonio Gibson and Michael Carter play, who's ranked higher? Gibson by a lot. Same. Damian Harris was limited in practice. Uh, if you have Denver kicker Brandon McManus on your team, he's on the COVID list. They play Saturday, so do something about that. Both starting offensive tackles for the Lions remain on the COVID list. They'll probably see a lot of backups, though, against the Green Bay Packers, and they could come off. They were on the COVID list, I think, Monday. Uh, Tyron Smith, though, he's on the COVID list. Now, he's probably not going to play on Saturday. Kyle Pitts said he will play, and I believe he has the most yards. Yes, he does. He has the most yards of any tight end, tied with Dallas Goddard against the New Orleans Saints, who have been very good against tight ends. Uh, Robbie Anderson mispractice could free up some targets for DJ Moore at Tampa Bay. We'll go to Seattle at Arizona. We start with our 2022 question of the game, DK Metcalf or DeAndre Hopkins? Metcalf. I think the same quarterback. Same quarterback. Sure. Right. We don't we don't know who Metcalf's quarterback is going to be. But or what that offense will be. Like who knows how big this blow up is going to be in Seattle this offseason. And I just I feel like Hopkins has fallen into touchdown dependent receiver territory. So you're both going Metcalf? Yeah, he's yes. got a little I was actually surprised uh when Heath sent me his top twelve tight ends. He still has Hopkins as a top twelve guy. He also has Mech he has Metcalf higher. But I was very surprised to see that. I will not draft DeAndre Hopkins as a probably even a top fifteen tight end. Uh, wide receiver. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Is he is he just destined to be this low target guy? Because he actually Let's see, he averaged 8.9 yards per target. That's terrific. I mean, that's his third best mark ever. Um, I Yeah, I don't know. All right, well, it was obviously a weird year for him. We got to see what the rest of the receiving core looks like. I believe Christian Kirk's a free agent. So I believe that's right. He could move on. Um, A.J. Green, I think, is on a one-year deal, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So he can move on. Yeah, Christian Kirk's a free agent. Is he restricted? No, he's unrestricted. Oh, I think he's free to go. Um, and Green, he might sign a two-year deal. Right. So that leaves them with Hopkins, Rondell Moore. No, Green's a free agent too. So oh, yeah. if they if they move on from both of those guys, from Kirk and Green, then Hopkins is probably in a better spot. But depending on what else they do. Okay, let's talk about this game. Week eleven, they played, and the Cardinals with Colt McCoy. Throwing for 328 yards. One, Zach Ertz was a superstar. 23 to 13. Zach Ertz was a superstar. I think 88 yards and two touchdowns. Tyler Lockett had 115 yards on only five targets. And this was one of the bad DK Metcalf games and bad Russell Wilson games. Uh, 207 yards, eight fantasy points for Wilson, 31 yards for Metcalf. Um, here's your stat of the game. In your in the last five games, Opponents are averaging, opponents in running backs are averaging 3.75 yards per carry with only one rushing touchdown against the Arizona Cardinals. So they've been really good against the run, and that's David Montgomery. That's uh, the Rams guys. Actually, Craig Reynolds had the best game of all the running backs. They did a really good job on Jonathan Taylor, and then they crushed the Cowboys running backs last week who only had 12 carries. So Penny, if you look at him, I mean, look, he's, what he's done is amazing. 135 or more yards in three of his last four games, but tremendous matchups. And then he had, you know, Houston, Chicago, Detroit. He had one bad matchup, and he had 39 rushing yards and two catches at the Rams. So I, I think this will be a bit of a litmus test for Rashad Penny. Although I will point out that the Cardinals good run defense lately, not so much for the full year. But um, is if 
if Connor, well, actually, let's do it in all scenarios. Is Rashad Penny the best running back in this game? Uh, not if there is one Cardinals guy. Okay. Because the Seahawks have a have a great run defense, a terrible in the passing game, and that's but no big, Bobby Wagner though. Uh, yeah, no Bobby. That's a great point, and also it's, it's, you know, yeah, you know they're going to catch a lot of passes. Okay, right. so fair enough. It, if both Cardinals running backs play though, is Penny one? Yes. And Dave, do we like Penny this week? Do we love him? Are we nervous? I think you got to start him. At least fifteen touches, three of his past four games. I think the Seahawks are going to lean on him, and certainly let him shoulder the workload. Arizona's been a little bit giving to running backs in terms of fantasy points, touchdown or 100 yards total to a running back in six of nine games. It's not the best stat, but I think he's got a shot to get you double-digit fantasy points. Will it be a 20-point blow-up? Uh, that, that worries me a little bit, but the potential is there for him because he gets the opportunities. Starter sit Russell Wilson, Jamie. Start, given the scenario of what quarterbacks are this week and what probably um, in his mind could be his last game as a member of the Seahawks. So he has got nothing to lose. Each of the last four quarterbacks to take on Arizona has put up at least 21 fantasy points. And Wilson, Jared Goff. Wilson's been 20 or more in each of the last five games he's played with Tyler Lockett, I believe, right? Lockett missed the Rams game. Yeah. Uh, even though Lockett hasn't done anything the last two weeks, which brings us to the Seattle wide receivers. Who do you like better, and are they both starts this week? Uh, they are both starts. I like Lockett better. Well put. I agree. All right, Lockett. Look at these. Look at how Tyler Lockett he's been. <laughs> he's got 30 yards and 24 yards in his last two games. He did catch a touchdown last week. Uh, but Metcalf, it's now in eight straight games with 63 or fewer yards. So, DK Metcalf or Devontae Adams? Metcalf. Metcalf. We don't know how long Adams is going to play. Yeah. Uh, all right, DK Metcalf. You got to think of it this way with with any of the Packers guys: half of him, whoever it may be, versus full game of somebody else. I would honestly say that that's usually going to favor the way it's been lately: Adams over Metcalf. Probably so, but you know, yeah. that that I think is taking the optimistic side of what the Packers can be, right? Because it could be a quarter, could be a drive. Uh, how about Gerald Everett? Cardinals give up the third fewest fantasy points. Starter sit to tight ends. Starter sit Everett. It for me, you're hoping that he scores a touchdown and maybe sees a slight uptick in targets. If if he has a good game, then I worry what that means for Rashad Penny. I've got him as a top 12 tight end, but he's 10th. I don't think he's seen an uptick in targets at all this season based on where he's been the last few weeks, so I wouldn't expect that. Uh, he could score, but I think they've only given up two touchdowns to tight ends on the season, so not something I would bank on. All right, well. I would start Austin Hooper over him. I would start Tyler Higby over him. I would start uh, Jared Cook over him. Uh, a lot of better options out there than Gerald, Gerald Everett. Uh, can you name the two tight ends who have scored on them, on the Cardinals? Uh, George Kittle. Yes. Was one. And then it was a backup tight end named uh, Ian Fromm. No. <laughs> it was Jimmy Graham, right? Jimmy Graham, yeah. Oh, so wrong backup tight end, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so how many big-time tight ends have they faced this year? And I'm not saying that Everett's a big-time tight end. Oh, but, well, I'll tell you. I mean, have they just taken on a bunch of scrubs? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, Including that, Everett, who they shut down. Dalton Schultz last week was the second-best tight end they faced, and he had six catches for 54 yards on 10 targets. Everett had three for 37 on four targets in Week 11. 
Uh, but they have had a very easy tight end schedule, no doubt. Tyler Higby, four for 36. Um, what about the other Higby game? Did he maybe? Oh, he, he didn't play. Yeah. All right. That's right. He didn't have Kittle in right. the one game. Okay. Good stuff. Kyler Murray, the Seahawks allow the fifth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. Uh, five straight quarterbacks have scored 18 to 19 fantasy points. That would be Garoppolo, Mills, Stafford, Foles, and... Hold on. Wait, am I wrong about that? And Tim Boyle. No, no, no. But I don't want you to ruin my trivia question. Oh, okay. Can you name the last quarterback to put up 20 or more fantasy points against them? It was an Aaron... Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy. <laughs> nice pull. Well done, sir. Thank you. Uh, anyway, how do you feel about Kyler? If Cole McCoy can get to 20 fantasy points, I think Kyler can too. And it's just a gotta have a game for Arizona. I'm I'm encouraged by Kyler. He's got so much upside, particularly in a week where there are so many quarterbacks that you just don't know how long they're gonna play. He's a must. So the running backs are tough because if they if one of them is out, and at this point it looks like that would be Edmonds, then it's an easy call. You got a must start. But you got one of the best run defense. Now, no Wagner is a big deal. Um, you do have a good run defense, though, and they're terrible in the passing game. And I don't, I don't even know who that would be because I think Connor had more targets than Edmonds the last time they both played together. I think that was Edmonds' first game back, though. But, yeah, I don't know. Jamie, break it down for me if both running backs play. Uh, I think both are startable uh, based on the situation. Uh, I like Connor better in non or half PPR. I like Edmonds better in full PPR. This team is the worst against uh, pass catching running backs in terms of receptions and yards allowed to the position. They've allowed 116 catches and it's over a thousand yards receiving to running backs. So Edmonds should have an opportunity for a big game if, in fact, he stays in that current role. I also think it's important if Rondell Moore is out because I think that's kind of benefited uh, Edmonds in his current role without Connor there as well. Uh, but I think Connor would come back and take the short art, short yardage opportunities. I think he'd be the guy running between the tackles, uh, probably on first and second down, at least the majority of the time. And so without Wagner in there, he has the most touchdown potential. So I I, I think you just kind of approach it depending on the format that you're playing in. But uh, give me Edmonds and PPR. Give me Connor and the rest. If they both play, would you start Samaje Pirine or a Cardinals running back? I would start a Cardinals running back because I'm not sure how much Samaje Pirine is going to play. I would go in PPR, Edmonds, P. Ryan, Connor. In non-PPR, I'd go Connor, P. Ryan, Edmonds. Okay. And just for the record, Seattle in their eight games since the bye, nine total touchdowns to running backs in those eight games, eight running backs with at least 10 non-PPR fantasy points. They've seen a ton of high-volume running backs. That's been a big helper for those players. So I, I think I think we're nailing it with these running backs. If they're both in there – they're going to cannibalize each other to a degree. If there's only one of them, you'll love starting them. And I really love the idea of Edmonds or Connor if the other one doesn't play and if Rondell Moore's out. How about uh, the wide receivers, Dave? Is it just Christian Kirk? How much do you like him? I Go think on. it's just Kirk. And I, I I think I might have him ranked as a top 24 receiver in PPR. But I really feel best if he's used as a flex. I know that A.J. Green's had a bunch of like 10-point PPR games lately. Maybe if you're desperate, you go in that direction. I do think Antoine Wesley is interesting for daily and if you're desperate at wide receiver. Maybe even desperate enough to say, not desperate, maybe good enough to say that he's a flex because of all the end zone opportunities that he's had with DeAndre Hopkins on the shelf. He's auditioning. 
to try and take one of those spots from Kirk or AJ Green next year. And he's looked okay. Yeah, Kirk's top 10 receiver for me in PPR. Uh, you can't get away from what the, the volume has been. Three straight games of at least nine targets, three straight games of at least six catches. Uh, he's a touchdown away from being a, a, a top 10 guy. He had one touchdown over that span. It was against Detroit. So um, I, I think it's easy to start him and trust him this week. At least 11 PPR points in each of those games. Seattle in their last 10 games, three wide receivers to 80-plus yards, five touchdowns to wide receivers. I would not lose sight of the fact that Seattle's pass defense has been okay. Yeah, it's four touchdowns to wide receivers in 11 games now, the last 11 games, and that would be two to Cup, one to St. Brown, and one to Jamal Agnew, of course. Uh, they're an interesting team. You know, this is kind of an interesting game for two teams that have such different records. It's opened at Arizona minus five. It's up to six and a half now. Um, I don't know. I think uh, I think the Seahawks can certainly keep it close. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I'm looking forward to this game. I'm also looking for... Oh, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is a must-start. Jamie has him ranked ahead of George Kittle. Yep. Dave doesn't, but still, he's a, he's a must-start guy. He's getting... Let's see, 9 to 13 targets in three straight games, 6 to 8 catches in three straight games, all without Hopkins. Okay. The only thing better than Zach, the only thing Zach Ertz needs, because he knows how to play football, he's pretty good at that, he needs an Indochino suit. His Indochino suit would look a lot different than mine. He's a lot bigger, but it would fit him perfectly, because I have an Indochino suit, and I can tell you that it is uh, the best-fitting thing that is in my closet, and it is my go-to suit when I want to look good, when I have to be somewhere... Um, whether it was my rehearsal dinner, whether it was a big event for work, that's what I go. That was my go-to suit and the best thing in my closet. And go look in your closet right now and see what color looks good on you. What do you want to look like in 2022? And then go to Indochino.com and design a suit, customize every single detail. And by the way, a custom suit. I got friends that pay 800 bucks, a thousand. I mean, crazy amounts of money for a custom suit, and they are worth investing in. Because you will have them for a long time. They will fit you beautifully. You will not have to take them to the tailor. I mean, the tailor costs a lot of money to begin with. So you buy a cheaper suit, you take it to the tailor, already you're screwed. But at Indochino, it's $399. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. It's $50 off any purchase of $399 or more. And the suits start at just $429, which is an incredible price. And then again, you get that $50 discount if you get a suit. You go to Indochino.com. And the promo code is FFT, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O dot com slash FFT. So what do you get to customize? The lapel, the pleats on the pants, whatever, the buttons, the monogram on the inside, the color, obviously. And, you know, you get it right until it fits you perfectly, and you're just going to absolutely love it. So Indochino suits start at just $429. The shirts start at $79 with all customizations included. Give yourself a style edit that sets the tone for the rest of the year with Indochino. Get $50 off any purchase of $3.99 or more by using the promo code FFT at Indochino.com. That is $50 off a purchase of $3.99 or more at I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Promo code FFT. On to our second game on the slate, the other NFC West game, the Rams hosting the 49ers. 2022 question of the game. Cam Akers or Debo Samuel? I feel like it's too soon to answer these. So for now, I'll say Debo. But if Cam makes it through the offseason, improving and gets his explosiveness back, which you don't always see 
from players that tear their Achilles, uh, I think it'll be a pretty easy pivot to go to Akers over Samuel. So I believe both you guys have Cam in your top 24. Uh, Cam Akers top 24 from what you sent me. So you have Akers over Debo right now. Um, I would probably do that as well, just based on the hope of, that he's the guy. Now, Sony Michelle most likely is gone. Um, he is a free agent, so I doubt they're going to invest heavily in him because he's probably going to earn himself uh, a decent contract for the for the position. Um, I hope he's, you know, look, if he's right, he's he's got top 20 upside by far. So I'll take my chances with what Cam Akers could be. I, I, I worry a little bit about um, uh, the offense passing-wise with Trey Lance because it could be a little bit of a downgrade for Debo Samuel as a, as a pass catcher. Oh, absolutely. So that, let's get into that offense for this week. And starters hit Trey Lance, and we'll go Trey Lance or Russell Wilson. It's sounding like it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. Really? The more you, the more you see the practice reports, unless they're just ramping him up for if they make the playoffs. But by all accounts, he's throwing the ball fine. And so, you know, if he's close to full strength, they're going to play him, I would assume. I would start Russ over any 49ers quarterback. Uh, I would as well. Yeah, I, I don't have any faith in, in Trey Lance in this game because I think he's going to struggle against his defense on the road. But Garoppolo makes it a little bit more enticing for the pass catchers. And how do you feel about the running backs in this game going up against very good run defenses? Well, I mean, the last time these two teams met, you know, I think the Rams were a little shell-shocked because, remember, it was they lost Robert Woods on Friday to a torn ACL. They just brought in Odell Beckham. So their offense was all kind of out of sorts. And, um, you know, San Francisco just had the ball all game, it felt like. And so uh, Mitchell had, I think it was like 21 carries for 97 yards, um, didn't score, but just, you know, grinding out yards. And I think he's a safe number two running back. I think Michelle's volume makes him a safe, you know, borderline number one, number two running back. Uh, 49ers dealing with a lot of COVID situations right now, you know, so we'll see what happens. Their secondary is a mess. They're missing four guys, and that's not including Mosley. So it could be a game where, I mean, Cooper Cup is uh, 11 catches, and I think it's 100 and... Uh, 100-something yards away from two significant records. One is Michael Thomas's catch record. The other is Calvin Johnson's yardage record. Um, it, it would be pretty remarkable if he got to both or at least one. But my guess is they're going to throw and give him every opportunity to do so in the course of the game because he's going to see so many targets anyway. So does that leave enough for, for Michelle to still have the volume that he's been getting if Stafford's throwing all over the place? Would you guys start Rashad Penny over the running backs in this game? No, I have Mitchell ahead of, of Penny. I have both ahead of Penny. Okay. So, you know, they're interesting. They, they they have tough matchups, so they get so much volume. They're passing down. Their passing game role is kind of maybe in the two-catch range, something like that most weeks. But it's hard to get away from Mitchell and Penny. And, uh, you know, and you just look at Michelle last week in that tough matchup, and he came through with 19 carries, 74 yards, and a touchdown, three catches for 25 yards. Um, all right, so if Garoppolo is going to play, no matter what, I think everyone's going to start Debo Samuel, even if you're worried about the touches and you're worried about the role, he just keeps coming through. But what does that mean for Brandon Ayuk if Garoppolo plays? I assume that Ayuk is a sit, even though he had he did have 94 yards last week, but he only had six targets. Um, what does it mean for Ayuk if Garoppolo plays, Dave? I think it's an upgrade if Garoppolo plays. Provided that Garoppolo, look, they're not going to put Garoppolo out there if he's going to be terrible throwing the football. I I like the idea of Ayuk having a couple of explosive plays. <clears throat> I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I have him ranked as, as a top 24 receiver. I would call him a high end flex. 
I don't like the fact that he doesn't get a ton of targets from game to game. I think the Rams matchup is difficult for him. I think it's only eight receivers that have scored on L.A. all year long. Yes. So you're you're hoping for 80, 90 yards, three or four catches, hopefully a touchdown on top of that. He bucks the odds there. He's got a better chance to do that with Garoppolo than he does with Trey Lance. He has scored in one of two meetings with the Rams in his career. So take that into account. So with a touchdown in PPR, he's only averaging seven PPR points against them in two games. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's wild, man. Uh, all right, so that's Ayuk. Then uh, how about Kittle? He has two straight games with fewer than 30 yards and two to three targets. One with Garoppolo, who was playing hurt, and gave an end zone target for that matter, and one with Trey Lance. Is he an automatic start? I mean, again, it's like Waller. You know, if you have Kittle on your team, you're not benching him. You know, if you made it to your championship game with George Kittle, you know, kudos to you for surviving the last two weeks. But um, I'm not going to pick up Austin Hooper because David Njoku is out. I'm not going to play um, Gerald Everett, who's got a tough matchup. I'm not going to play Tyler Higby, who's, you know, got a safe floor but not a very high ceiling. So I'm sticking with George Kittle. So it's just a matter, you know, when you see these rank lists, that's not saying start or sit. You know, that's still start these guys. Mm-hmm. So if you have Zach Ertz, then yes, you could have a tough choice to make. You have Dalton Schultz, you have a tough choice to make. But for that small percentage of, of fantasy managers, they're most likely sticking with Kittle anyway. Dave, are you sticking with Matthew Stafford after three kind of lousy games in a row and the interceptions have been way up? He's actually thrown six picks in his last three games. The Niners have seven interceptions all season. And the aforementioned secondary situation, you know, the COVID, the injuries that Jamie mentioned. Uh, are you starting Matthew Stafford? I'm starting Matthew Stafford. I am. I believe that there's a chance Emmanuel Mosley does come back. He's been their best corner all year. More importantly, their pass rush is still pretty good. I really was disappointed in what I saw from Stafford last week. I thought he was just getting over a, a you know, an outlier game the week before. But the interceptions, especially against Baltimore, really surprised me. I still think he's got great potential. And even if Mosley's back, that's one guy there's still going to be another half of the field that they can go ahead and attack. And I think the middle of the field could be really wide open for them. That's helped Cup in the past. That's where Higby can make an impact. I, I definitely think that Matthew Stafford can come through with another big game. I've got him seventh among quarterbacks. As does Jamie, and Heath has him fourth. Which just brings us to Odell Beckham and, well, I guess the passing game other than Cooper Cup. So, Jamie Beckham, a touchdown in five of six games, but fewer than 40 yards in four of six games and three straight uh, the Niners do have the secondary concern, so that should help. So Beckham, Jefferson, Higby, who's a go? Who's a start? Uh, Beckham is still a must-start guy. It's hard to get away from the touchdowns, and he's he's played very well. You know, and, and what we've seen, and I said this last week, if they can't run, you know, so not in terms of trying to run because we've seen this, but uh, the two times that they've tried to run and had some failures since Beckham's been on the team, that's when his yardage has been at its best. So like the Jacksonville game, for example, uh, when he had his biggest, I think it was like 71 yards. So he's not going to have like 100 and touchdowns. But I think he's got such uh, obvious touchdown potential based on what you've seen. Um, the secondary concerns are obvious. Um, you know, the, the one thing about it, though, is the, the guys are probably going to clear the COVID protocol as long as they're healthy, you know, based on uh, the, new, the new rules. So they were placed on the COVID list. I believe it was Monday or Tuesday. So they should have enough time to be cleared. Um, that should help San Francisco. But I, I think you just look, again, what this game should be. And it should has, it has potential to be a track meet. Um, Beckham is clearly the number two receiver. He's past Van Jefferson, who was reportedly uh, either hurt or benched. I don't know what the what the final verdict was, but McVay never said he was hurt, and 
um, not on the injury report this week. So he, he might have been pulled for a series or two based on some drops last week. Uh, so I think Beckham is safe. Uh, Higby, very safe floor. Is I believe it's like nine straight, three straight games with at least nine PPR points. Scored against San Francisco the first time. It's not an easy matchup, but he's uh, coming off a game with you know 12 PPR points, which was a nice performance for him. And I think he's still kind of just ride with the momentum of where he's at right now. Okay, Rams DST is a low-end starter, and that brings us to New Orleans at Atlanta. New Orleans at Atlanta, 2022 question of the game. Is Calvin Ridley a top 12 wide receiver? Yeah, but I don't know why you're asking that about this game. It's a 2022 question that he asked before every game. No, I don't know if Calvin Ridley's staying in Atlanta. Oh. I think Um, there's a chance that they part ways. I think there's a chance that they part ways. There's been a report on it, and I think there's an opportunity there where he might move on from the Falcons. Well, he's under contract, isn't he? He is, but maybe they make a trade. Interesting. All right, well, I can still ask the question. I mean, you know. Of course you can. (laughs) Uh, well, one of the problems for Calvin Ridley is that Matt Ryan has been horrible. In his last eight games, he has four touchdown passes, and his 16-game pace in his last eight games is 3,190 yards, uh, eight touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and he's averaging just 28.3 pass attempts per game, so that's a problem too. Uh, so he's obviously a sit, but, you know, I, okay, just to sum this game up, Ryan is a sit. We do not trust... Correct me if I'm wrong. We do not trust the Falcons running backs in this game. I don't trust any Falcons player in this game. Right. Well, Gage, yeah. So Gage and Pitts, because uh, Heath is very high on Gage as of right now. He has him 13th in PPR. You guys are nowhere near that, outside the top 30, basically 35th or lower. Um, and then there's Pitts, who is on kind of a roll. This is going right right now, 61 or more yards in four straight games. Yeah. Um, so, Jamie, you don't trust any Falcons? No, I mean, look, the running backs are obviously a mess. Mike Davis was better than Patterson last week. You wonder if Patterson's just run out of steam, you know, never had this type of workload, obviously, so most most career touches for him. Uh, plus, I don't know who brought it up, but maybe it was, I think it was Chris um, Towers earlier this week, um, that maybe we just kind of overlooked that high ankle sprain that he's been playing through and, yeah. you know, kind of discounted that he's, you know, just gutting it out and, and, and still trying to, you know, be there for his team. Um, but the, the running backs, you, you can't trust, especially against his defense. Then you have uh, Pitts at clearly not 100%, you know, still limited in practice. He says he's going to play. Great for him. And, and obviously, it's like Kittle and Waller. If you have him, you're probably still starting him. But soft tissue injury, hamstring problem, you know, how, how quickly is he uh, re-injure that and then he's out of the game? Plus, it's a tough matchup. And then you have uh, Gage who, you know, I think maybe we got a little enamored by the, the performances a few weeks ago. But the broader picture of who he has been for his career has obviously been a little underwhelming. And so now you're taking on a defense that has been really good against wide receivers for the most part the last five weeks. The one guy that has beat them, which could help Gage if he's playing more inside with Pitts there, was Jalen Waddle. But outside of that, I mean, you think about it. They did a great job against Godwin. They did a great job against uh, Devontae Parker. Well, they, they, they tore Godwin's ACL. That was that game? Yeah. They both both Evans and Godwin got hurt in that. Oh, game. maybe I was thinking of something else. No, but you're um, right. In their last seven games, only three wide receivers have more than 61 yards against the Saints. Um, really, the best they've done a great job against Cooper Cup. That was I. Well, really, DJ Moore last week too. I, no, why did I say Cooper Cup? DJ Moore is is what I meant. I don't know why I said that. They did a great job against DJ Moore. You know, they did a good job against Amari Cooper, but he came back. He was limited. He barely played. Um, 
So, yeah, I, I, and the thing with Gage, his last two games have been terrible because Matt Ryan has thrown 23 to 24 passes in his last two games. Gage actually mm-hmm. has about a probably about a 22% target share yeah, in those games. That's true, yes. But still, what I mean, what's the best-case scenario? Is, is prob- still probably in the 60 to 70-yard range, right? You don't expect Yeah, if he doesn't score, you're not going to be thrilled with it. No, yeah. you're hoping for seven for 60. Right. All right, that so, makes him a flex, and I put him toward the low end of my PPR flex range. Dave, are you? I think you're a little more optimistic. On, uh, I don't know, a little more optimistic on Pitts, but is it just basically what, just, what Jamie I moved said? him down a notch just now? Okay, because he's not playing at 100. percent Just the, the more I think of the matchup and just the state of the Falcons right now, uh, I'm just I'm not excited. He's still a start. He's still a top 10 tight end. Like, right. give me Earth, give me the studs, give me Waller. Uh, Taysom Hill, like him. Love him. Got to have him. Love him. I, I like him. I like him this week because I think the Falcons are going to be a mess on the defensive side of the ball. They've been pretty bad against the run lately. Hill will do plenty of that. I think this is a huge game for Kamara. I think he ends the, the season on a very high note, and I think Taysom Hill can run for a score and throw for another. He's been passing better over the last few weeks. Falcons allow a, a high completion percentage rate against opposing quarterbacks, and I, he shouldn't be pressured too much. Should be able to put one more nice, good, nice game on tape to try and establish himself as the leader in the clubhouse to start for the Saints in 22. This is uh, the team he knows best. He started against them twice last year. He had 50 PPR, 50 fantasy points in the two games combined, 23 and 27 points. Uh, mm-hmm. Two solid games for him throwing the ball, 232 and 233 in those two games. Uh, had a 232 and two game at Atlanta with 14 carries for 83 yards. So, um, matchup that he's somewhat familiar with. Obviously, different coaching staff, but still. Uh, I think you'll you'll like what you get from Taysom Hill this week. Yeah, I don't know if the defense is necessarily better than what it was last year either. Can't right. look at the Falcons and say that they're a better defense than they were last year. No, and they've struggled against mobile quarterbacks too. Josh Allen just had 81 yards and two touchdowns. Hurts had 62 yards. Like, yeah, um, yeah. So Kamara's an obvious start. Marquez Callaway or Russell Gage? Callaway for me. He's been great. Two of the last three games, two games all year, basically. But well, the last two games with Taysom Mill, the one that was the game book against the Dolphins. Yeah, so even in I'll that take- game, yeah, that was uh, that was one of the only reliable things that came out of Ian Book was that I think Callaway had four catches in there. I don't know how many passes Ian Book completed, um, but he's been playing better, and it's it's just a shame that it happened this late in the season because this was obviously somebody that we liked coming into the year based on the preseason and Michael Thomas's injury. Um, I hope this is the springboard going into next season, depending on who the quarterback is. But, you know, think about where we were with Taysom Hill last year when he was just leaning on Michael Thomas so much. He's now turning his attention to Marcus Callaway in the same you know, vein. So I think it's nice to see Callaway in this uh, in this scenario. And, and again, depending on what happens, Michael Thomas should be encouraging for next year. And with that said, we're going to take a break. You can start the Saints DST as well. When we come back, we'll talk about the Panthers and the Bucks, And then we've got a lot of games with a lot of players who might either sit or just be bad. Um, So that's how we'll finish out uh, the 2021 season. We'll be right back with Carolina at Tampa Bay. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. 
So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. All right, Panthers at Bucks, and your 2022 question of the game is Leonard Fournette a round two pick if he's back with the Bucks? No, seems too. Uh, Ronald Jones probably gone. Um, I mean, think probably. about it. Why not? He he's he's been good enough. He has that passing downs role. Brady is so good for running backs. I didn't put him in my top 24, but that's because I don't know where he's going to be. But if I'm just assuming that he's back, then he certainly he certainly earned it. This, you know, he certainly played like it. Played like a first round pick. How old is he going to be? Probably I'm going to look that up. He will be 26. That's is it. That right? Wow. That can't be right. He was a McCaffrey year, so after Henry, Henry's 28. So yeah, makes sense. Um, no, that's a good point, Adam. I, I think. You know, you always got to fear when these guys get paid because that's typically when the breakdown happens. Um, yeah, he might be. It would be interesting. He'll definitely go in the third round. He's not going to escape the third round. Right. So, I agree. Thinking about him as a second-round pick just makes me a little bit nervous. But we are going to see in 2022 prep that there aren't a lot of running backs that you can look at and say, that's a guy that's going to get 15 carries and three and four catches a game and work the goal line. Okay, let's talk about this game here. Can't wait for it. Not going to start Sam Darnold. Not going to do it. And Chuba Hubbard did have 17 carries and a touchdown and three catches. I think, you know, Darnold's probably good for Hubbard. He's not going to steal the goal line touchdowns. He's good for Abdullah, too. uh, Is he? I mean, he had four catches in that game. All right, great. Yeah, it was against the Saints. So, whatever. I I, I can see by your rankings you don't want to start a Panthers. Well, the, the, the thing that helped the Panthers last week was that the Saints kept them in the game. And so that allowed Hubbard to still get a lot of work on the ground. If they get away from, if the Bucks get away from the Panthers, then I think we'll see more of Abdullah. So I don't mind Abdullah if you're desperate for a flex in PPR. You got to be desperate to use either one of them, though. Okay. What about DJ Moore? Start or sit? I would try and sit him. Start Even in a three receiver in- league, sit in a two receiver league. I mean, it depends on who else you have in a three receiver league, but. Yeah, he's getting targets from Darnold. Darnold was off target last week. He was terrible, especially on their last drive. And it's I, I don't know how tough of a matchup it is, but we've seen the Bucks do pretty nice job again against wide receivers over the last several weeks. So I yeah. I just I we we know he doesn't score. He hasn't scored a touchdown since September. I think he has three games this year with 90 plus yards. Maybe he gets you to 15 PPR points. I mean, the Bucks have been such a weird matchup because you know they they were really good probably midseason overall eighth eighth best against receivers. But we have seen Russell Gage had a, had 112 or more yards. Russell Gage and Callaway both went over 100 yards. Three Buffalo receivers had good games. Braxton Berrios had a good game last week. So it's been very inconsistent. Um, but you know, Moore was so bad last week against the Saints with three catches for 29 yards. It's it's just Darnold, you know. He's just he's been bad with Darnold for I think like six straight games with Darnold, and that is the only Panther you are considering. So Tom Brady, you guys have in your top three. You know, I I wonder about that. 
The Panthers are not a bad defense, although they're not going to have Gilmore, most likely. Um, and he's got only one reliable receiver that hasn't typically been a good thing, you know, based on a little bit of last year and week 16 this year, he scored 16 points against the Panthers with no Evans and no Godwin. Now it's no Godwin and no Brown. But yeah, that's an aggressive ranking, I thought, for Tom Brady, Jamie, but you, I guess you're good to go with him. I don't think the run game is going to carry them this week without Ronald Jones, without Leonard Fournette, you know, leaning on Keyshawn Vaughn and Le'Veon Bell and maybe Giovanni Bernard. I think this is also uh, a Bruce and Brady game where let's like middle fingers to the sky, screw you, Antonio Brown. We're down Chris Godwin. We can still have success against anybody going into the playoffs. Fear us still because we have the greatest quarterback and greatest player of all time still. And I'm still no risk it, no biscuit. So Cyril Grayson comes into play. Um, I would not be surprised if there's a Brashad Perryman or Scotty Miller play that's significant. Tyler Johnson's worth a look in deeper PPR leagues. Uh, but obviously Gronk and Evans are touchdown potential, uh, multiple touchdown potential. He is four touchdowns away from 44 to match his age. Brady is. He is, uh, uh, I, I forget how many yards away, but within striking distance of 5,000. Um, you know, second time in his career, obviously 17 games. But I think he's going to get to both of those potentially. Uh, touchdowns a little bit harder. But it's going to be a big game for Tom Brady this week. I'm going to look and see how close he is to getting to 5,000 because I bet that's something that would be of definite interest to him. Uh, if I'm looking at this correctly, he's 10 yards away from Yeah, I thought, I, I thought he was. Pretty- I think he's going to get there. <laughs> so, you know, what's his career high? 52-35? Oh, there we go. Well, I certainly could be out there to get 245 yards <laughs> to match his career high. Here's what I see. They've got to figure out what they've got at wide receiver a week before they play a playoff game. It's true. So this could be an opportunity for, I, I would rank them Grayson, Tyler Johnson, Brashad Perriman, see what they have in those guys. Uh, Grayson, 80 plus yards in each of his last two, I believe. 81 exactly, including the game against Panthers. And one of them, he only had like three catches. And that's the other thing, is that they played the Panthers two weeks ago. Brady did not have a great game. And so I wonder if they are motivated to try and go back to the drawing board against a defense. That's probably not going to be very changed from that game. Yeah, but why didn't he have a great game? That was the first game without Godwin, the first game without Evans, and they gave Ronald Jones 20 carries. They had a running back that they could rely on. I'm not going to buy it. That's a good argument. I just, I don't know that he's he's Brady. You know, like the wide receivers have a lot to do with it. I love Tom Brady. I mean, he's amazing. But... He, he has bad, he has, uh, I don't know about bad weapons. He's capable of having a bad well, game. I mean, he doesn't have, he doesn't have bad weapons, but he doesn't have great weapons right now. Again, he didn't have, he didn't have Evans in that game, you know, so he, he did have Antonio Brown. Yeah. He did have Antonio Brown, but. And that was Brown's first game back, right? That was Brown's first game, but Brown was great. I mean, Brown had 10 targets, seven catches. He was fine. No, he had, um, he had wasn't, didn't he have 15 catches, 15 targets and 10 catches? I'm sorry, 15 targets, 10, you're right. Yeah. Uh, but, but he had half of Brady's uh, targets that game. I think this is, again, they don't have the the fallback option of leaning on somebody to run the ball. Now, the flip side of that is they may also look at it and say, we don't know if we're going to have Fournette next week. We don't know if we're going to have Jones next week. We better figure out who we have in our backfield because at least they know they have Evans and they have Gronk. So you can go about it that way and think they're trying to establish their their running game. If they go in that direction too much, they might find themselves trailing or in a closer-than-they-want-to-have game in the fourth quarter. I I guess I agree with you, James. I think that they just have a huge output offensively. I think Brady takes control. And and, and look, they could they could be up two scores by a, a, a defensive touchdown. Um, 
However, they get ahead and pull these guys because yeah. they play next week. That's right. That's another factor. Now, what about? But I just look at. The, I mean, you know, again, we're we're looking at the quarterback landscape here. Um, you know, so Heath has Stafford for. I don't know if he has Stafford over Brady, but um, Stafford's been bad. Kyler's been inconsistent. Um, I moved Taysom Hill up a couple spots, but you trusting Taysom Hill or Tom Brady in your in your fantasy championship? You know, that that's kind of where we're at right now. Okay, so last question: We got to talk about Keyshawn Vaughn and, and Le'Veon Bell. Um, are they? Where'd you rank the highest guy? Whoever it is, where's he ranked? Vaughn is the highest for me. He's 23 in PPR, 24 in non-PPR. It'd be the same in half. And Bell's not far behind. Bell's Bell's still a top 30 guy. All right, let's go to Dallas at Philadelphia. 2022 question of the game. Miles Sanders or Ezekiel Elliott? Sanders. It's by default. Okay. Uh, Then, 2021 question of the game. You know what's funny is like I was looking at busts for this year. Um, Zeke was drafted as the fifth running back off the board and he's currently sixth. Yeah, he was so good before the knee injury. Mm-hmm. And that's you why... You consider him a bust because he feels like a bust. He, yeah. But it's but been a tale of two like halves. Earlier this year. But yeah. if he finishes where he was drafted, how is he a bust? <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> it's a good point. Uh, so who's a start in this game? Dak's a start. The top two receivers are a start. Um, Schultz is a start. Zeke is a start by default. I'm just not sure how much they're going to play. And that's the one thing that keeps me from ranking them highly is that do they just get off to a fast start? The offense puts up a couple of touchdowns and then they say, okay, let's let's pull back. We've got a game next week. Eagles are, I think, they they haven't said as much, but I think they're not going to play their starters very much, if at all. Okay, and so usually we'll that the, happens. The first-team offense will go out there for the Cowboys. They'll do their thing, and then you'll see a lot of Cooper Rush. Yeah, I'm worried about Zeke, too. I mean, what's the incentive of, of playing him a lot? Agreed. Yeah. Uh, the same thing they've been saying all season long. we got to get him right. <laughs> uh, okay, and then, yeah, I mean, you guys basically have the Cowboys ranked as if it was if they're playing, and they've said they are. So, I guess we'll take them at their word. This is why we don't play. They'll probably in week be doing some scoreboard watching to see what's happening with. No, the, they they no, play Saturday. Saturday. Oh, they play Saturday. Never mind. So they won't be doing scoreboard <laughs> watching. So they'll be playing. They, they play that's all Friday. they want. They'll see. They'll see Chiefs fifty-five, Broncos three. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only score that they're really going to see. Now they might be like Twitter watching to see what else is going on on the other teams, but I really. I'm. I would be surprised if we saw Dak and company, the starters, play three quarters. Uh, What about Kenneth Gainwell? I think he's a a Minshew and Gainwell and and whatnot. I mean, look, Gainwell has a big opportunity, especially if they are going to start pulling guys. There's no Michael Parsons already, so at least one key defender is off the field for Dallas. So I don't mind Gainwell as the number two running back. I I think he's the best running back in this game. Ooh, all right. Um. Okay. Then I get, I get nervous about trusting him just because we don't know if he's the only guy for Philadelphia. Like it makes sense that he would be the first guy up for them, but do they have somebody else on the bench? They just roll out there to keep him healthy for the playoffs. And listen, if Boston Scott and Jordan Howard clear the COVID list and they play, send us an email: fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We'll update or check. Obviously, check the updated rankings, but we'll update you on the game. But you know, they have the Saturday game, less time to come off the COVID list. So right now that's why we're talking they about. They should be they, they could be off today. Okay. Based on the schedule. 
Uh, all right, let's go to Chicago at Minnesota. 2022 question of the game, Kirk Cousins, the always reliable Kirk Cousins, or Justin Fields? Well, Fields is on the COVID list. No, no, no. Oh, no. next year. 2022. Yeah. 2022. This is a serious uh, question, you know. Cousins is, is pretty reliable year, year after year, you know, or Fields. I, I feel like... What'd you I, say? I feel like... Oh, go ahead, Jamie. I'd like to see the coach for both these guys. All right, well, you know. Let, just, who, who'd you take? Who are you ranking right now? Fields. I'm taking Fields because I bet I would need to draft him first, and I can wait till round 72 to get Cousins. This game, uh, that's a good point, Dave. This game is, uh, I'm sure people are going to start David Montgomery, even though he is just running into brick walls, but you're going to start Montgomery. Darnell Mooney or KJ Osborne? Who do you like better? I think I like Mooney better. Um, they're so, I got to remember how it ranked. They're back to back. Dalton seems to really have eyes for Mooney. I'll bank on that. It's not a bad matchup. It's a fast surface. Yeah. Um, I know I this much. I'm playing both in DFS wherever I can. Um, it's a great matchup. They give up Vikings give up the most fantasy points to wide yep. receivers, and the Bears aren't far behind. Um, and Osborne's been so good. He's had one bad game in his last five. It was the Bears game, but that was uh, Monday Night Kirk Cousins. So other than that, he's been 14 more PPR points in his last uh, four, um, or four of the last five. Excuse me. Uh, so great opportunity for him. Also, look at this. Look at this comment here. Oh, Scott Fish is in the chat. I want to give you guys a heartfelt thank you for an awesome year of helping people. You, you, us helping people? Uh, you guys are the best. You are the first from Scott Fish. Uh, you are the first I check with when I have questions and how my process evaluated a situation or a player. Thank you, Scott, who helps more That's people. That's awesome. Than you want to know how nice animals. Scott is? So um, I don't have Venmo, but my wife does. And so... Um, I sent out, you know, collecting our, our fantasy dues for entry fees because I'm so bad at this. Um, <laughs> and he sent my wife uh, payment for our IDP league, and he said, Jamie's the best. And he, she's like, uh, why, would, why would he say that? <laughs> uh, I don't know why he lied to your wife. Also, um, <laughs> also, what what it's 2022. What does Jamie not have? Like, what is on the list of things that every – Adult should have that Jamie does like Venmo. Like that you're three or four years late on Venmo here. Like it's time to get with the program. You'd be I was surprised how many people tell me that they don't use Venmo. I you don't use Slack. I don't know why you're the only person I have to G chat. Well, I, I I do use Slack. I just don't like using Slack. <laughs> I've come like you got to come around to these things. I didn't want to use Slack at first, but now it's a lot better. It's a good program. You know, uh, program. I was just saying that because Jamie's old. I just try to relate to. Him. Um, I just like avoiding people. Uh, okay, I, I see that. Uh, I don't know who Fantasy Football HQ is, but he says Adam Azer is the most handsome fantasy analyst in the world. Wow. If, I, if I could look well, like this. Your burner account? And you say that, yeah. Somebody hiding in the woods thinks you're handsome. He also says Scott Fish is the GOAT. So we Got know we know he's uh, he's legit. All right, um, Mooney and Osborne are stars. This game, you know, you could feel pretty comfortable about these, these teams playing, but I am, I, I guess, I don't know. It's just personal. I, I'm a little worried about Cook. Of course, I'm starting him. I want to know how you guys feel about him. I'm avoiding him in DFS. Like I said, he hobbled off the field last week. I don't know really. He's not an injury report, so you got to trust he's okay. Yeah, I guess. I, right. All right. So then let's just go with that. Start Dalvin Cook and Jefferson. And Cousins is uh, Cousins. He's been bad against the Bears, though. This is the one team that has a number. Really? Oh, yeah. Boy, they were so bad against the Bears a few weeks ago. Uh, 87 yards for Cousins. 
Wow, was that a bad night for him? And still had two touchdowns. Yeah, always. Um, okay, so Cousins is top 10 for you guys. Cousins or Wilson? Uh, Cousins. Cousins, Wilson. Okay, I'm sure they're close. Cousins, so like, you, would you go Cousins over Dak? Yes. If you're concerned about Dak's playing time, then yes. But I think Dak's better. Would you start a tight end in this oh, game? Uh, I don't think Komet's bad. He had uh, six for 71 in the first meeting. So PPR, he's uh, at the tail end of it. Like I start him over Everett, for example, in PPR. Cool. I wouldn't. I'd rather have Everett because Everett scores touchdowns. I'd rather have Higby. I'm sure Jamie would agree with that. Uh, yep. I just don't see a lot of upside. For him. When, when they get near the goal line, they're looking for Jimmy Graham. They're not looking yeah, for I'm not. Yeah, I'm not starting him in, in non-PPR, half PPR, but he's he's proven that he can get you north of 10 PPR points. Everett hasn't done that very often. Let's go to our next game. It is Detroit and Green Bay. What do we do here for, for Detroit? Oh, sorry. 2022 question of the game. Is Amonra St. Brown a top 24 wide receiver? No, but he's close. Dave, it is your turn to answer. About St. Brown for next year? Yeah, top 24? I guess he's a top 24 receiver. Okay. I just I, I wonder if this he's gonna get double digit targets every single game next year. We sure about this? Oh, I, I do not think he's going to average double digit targets, but he's been okay. like a number four wide receiver over the last five weeks. Do you think he gets even uh, do you think he averages eight targets a game next year? No, I think he's gonna be Hunter Renfro. Normal Hunter Renfro. I would still qualify him as close to a top twenty four wide receiver. Not someone who's going to be, be drafted. It would be closer way. to 24 than it would be to even 20. But but like I said, I mean, that they are raving about him. He might just he might just be really good. He might yeah, just be really good. About it. Yeah, he will be. Okay. I, I don't know if he'll be the only guy there. Let's see what they do this offseason. It's just a matter of like this receiving class is okay. Uh, it's very top-heavy. The free agent class stinks. Uh, you talking about the draft class? Yeah. I'm trying to remember Renfro in his rookie year. I, th- I know he had a, at least two a huge games late in the year. Oh, yeah. Probably Ren- Renfro had a really great fantasy year until this year. Well, Renfro in the last it, two games. The end of his rookie season was great. The last two games of, 2020, of 2019, he had 107 yards and a touchdown and 102 yards and a touchdown. That's nothing compared to St. Brown, but it did give him a little momentum that he did not carry over. Anyway, Green Bay at Detroit. Um, DeAndre, uh, St. Brown is an obvious start. DeAndre Swift, yeah. start or sit? Number two, back. Number two. And any interest in Jamal Williams? Flex and on PPR. Yeah. Okay. And then for the Packers, are you starting anyone? Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to taking a flyer on Patrick Taylor and DFS. That's fair. And I think Rodgers and a half can still be a pretty good fantasy quarterback. Rodgers or Goff? The top 20 receiver. Uh, Rodgers over Goff. I don't think Goff's playing yet. Oh, yeah. There's a chance that Goff doesn't. Uh, Yeah. I thought he was sort of. They're hopeful that he plays, but I don't know if he's definitely going to be out there. Okay. Swift or Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon? I have Swift higher. Uh, Swift. Okay. So try to sit the Packers. Same same Brown over Devontae Adams. How about Devontae Adams? You can believe that, but yeah. Devontae Adams or Amari Cooper? Cooper. I'd go Adams over Cooper. All right. One vote for each. 
And who's the better DST in this game, Lions or Packers? Uh, still Packers. I might take the Lions if the Packers are going to sit their guys for a portion of the game. I wouldn't trust either one. Washington at the Giants. 2022 question of the game. Saquon Barkley or Antonio Gibson? Gibson. I had it ranked that way this way. I don't know why I would change it next year. Or this year, I'm sorry. That's a good call if you did that this year. What did I say? Uh, Gibson? I have Barkley a spot ahead of Gibson for 2022. Gibson fourth in carries in the NFL. Was it fourth or fifth? I think it was fourth. I think it was fourth, I think you said. Amazing. It's pretty good. Oh, boy. I mean, he, he his, his YPC is yuck. Yuck per carry. All right. Yeah, that's that's the team you like to see big quarterback upgrade. Yes. How many how many carries per game did Saquon average? Because he's had at least fifteen now. I think four straight, five straight games. I think it's four straight. How many carries per game? If you remove the Dallas game, I uh, I don't know. I have no idea. He had one fifty one. Subtract two for one forty nine. One forty nine divided by eleven. It's not as high as I thought it would be. So thirteen point five. Thirteen. Yeah. Uh. So who's who are we starting in this game? You know who we're starting in this game? We're starting Terry McLaurin. Oh, love it. I, I'm excited to talk about him. Dave, you know it. Talk about his wonderful history against the New York Giants. I don't know anything about his history. Oh, really? I, th- I thought that's where you were going. I'll tell you. No, he was great games. earlier this year. 11 catches in week two. Jamie, come on. Hit, go to his page and hit the, hit the last five tab. That's right. Seven or more catches, 74 or more yards in every game he has played against the Giants. That's four games. Two 100-yard games. He destroys the Giants. I but think it's, what, 14 PPR points or more in all four. Yeah, I, but I fell into this trap with DJ Moore last week because he owned the Saints, and he was crap. McLaurin's been bad for seven straight weeks, basically. I think maybe six yeah, straight weeks. Yeah, but last week he was good. No, he, he was, was not better. good. Seven for 61. For him, yes. And and part of that is, I mean, look who they faced, uh, certainly the last three weeks. I mean, they faced, you know, either teams that hold the ball a lot or good defenses with good corners. Um, I think, you know, just getting back to Heineke, hopefully, you know, 100% and match up good. I think he's worth it. Like, he's a top 15 receiver for me. Wow. Dave? He's a top 20 receiver for me. In the last five weeks, the Giants have allowed six touchdowns to wide receivers, four wide outs with at least 75 yards against them, uh, a couple of them on volume, a couple of them on the deep ball. McLaurin can beat them both ways. You mentioned it, Jamie, last week. Eight targets, seven catches for McLaurin. That's a step in the right direction. I, I think he is this week's, oh, now you're going to play big. <laughs> guy. Where people that had McLaurin and their oh, fans. I don't think it's that guy. That's like this is like an Allen Robinson week. That's what I was gonna say. Like that's a no, great question. Who is that guy? That. I don't think it's gonna be Robinson because he's just been horrible. Who is the All right? I agree. I think it's McLaurin. I think he right. potentially is like a monster game. I think DFS fantasy managers. McLaurin McLaurin is guy. Arguably the biggest bust yeah. at wide receiver too. And one of the biggest busts at running back is Barkley, and I I could see him having that kind of game because the you know I don't know who Washington's going to play. They talked about playing their younger guys. Their run defense is so good, it really is. But if they're if they're using some backups, you know Barkley's probably going to get a ton of carries. They're probably going to wildcat him again like they did last week uh, when they just decide we're not going to run the ball. Uh, it's been weird with him. They've, but they've he, given him at least fifteen carries in four straight games, and he hasn't even played sixty percent of the snaps. 
in those games. Yeah. And I, but, I wonder why are they putting him out there? Why are they, you know, risking a further injury to a guy that's theoretically a part of their future? Uh, well, what, be that as it may, I mean, you don't have him. You, the, you guys have him about 20th. And yeah. he's finished higher than 19th once in his last six games, seven games in PPR. I like how they were celebrating his 100-yard game last week. Were they celebrating it? Yeah. Barkley said his uh, load off his shoulders to finally get one. Oh, yeah. That was their Super Bowl. Yeah, look, a lot of former players called Joe Judge and said, hey, congratulations on Saquon Barkley's 100-yard game. <laughs> I wish our running back was doing that. They celebrated by running laps. Which of those uh, guys, Adam, do you think it was that he was talking about? I don't know. But what did we decide? It was Kyler Fackrell or Dalvin Tomlinson? Or Wayne Gallman? Yeah, Wayne Gallman. I don't know that well, he got more money. I forgot I sent you. Uh, so it was probably none of them. So Gibson is the best running back in this game? Yeah. Uh, could be Patterson. I mean, if they sit Gibson, I would start Patterson over Barkley. I would too. For now, though, it looks like Gibson's going to play. And Patterson's not a bad flex if you're stuck. Yeah, I mean, commanders have themselves some decent running backs. <laughs> Starter sit John Bates. I'm not interested. Uh, slightly below Everett, but in that same range. All right. Aaron Jones or Saquon Barkley? Bark. I think Saquon will play more. DeAndre Swift or Saquon Barkley? Swift by a touch. Uh, Swift and Pete. Uh, no, I'll take Barkley and both. All right. And Jake Fromm. Let's see if he can outdo himself. Last time he started, he threw for 25 yards. We are out of here. We'll get to 50. I cannot cannot wait for this stupid giant season to end. Oh, my gosh. You still want Joe Judge back? Yeah, I do. Well, not not if you could get, not if you can get Mike Zimmer. I mean, that's a guy. I'm serious. That's a guy I would take. I would take an established. You wouldn't coach. take McDaniel's, but you'll take you'll take Zimmer. Yeah. What if you get McDaniel's and Zimmer? What if yeah, Zimmer it, comes as the DC? That'd be fine. I McDaniel's. No, I don't want McDaniel's. I'm so sick of these Patriots failures. I'm sick yeah, of. Mike Vrabel's been pretty good. Yes, he has been good, and he and they have been. How many years did he spend as a coach in New England, Vrabel? None. All right. Is he is he really a Belichick disciple no. then? No, I, I'm tired of these. Is Romeo Cornell disciple? Patriots. Yeah. Cornell. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, anyway. Um, okay. I think I made my point on that. Yeah. I I, I think Joe Judge talked himself out of the job after. Just to be clear, you'd rather have Joe Judge than Josh McDaniels. That's on record. Sure. You know what, man? It it doesn't <laughs> matter. They, they need better players. They, there's no coach that can make them good. They need better players. I wonder if we're going to start getting to a point where Adam realizes he'd be a happier person if he wasn't a Giants fan. Uh, I was there 10 years ago. I've had some amazing memories thanks to them. And, you know, I I can't. It's an addiction, Dave. I can't. Yeah, but you've seen your team win two Super Bowls. So, right. It's incredible. Um, I'd be, you know, I was thinking about this because the Hurricanes are kind of making some noise. They're, they're getting a ton of good recruits now. They're going to probably get two more this weekend at the Army All-American Bowl. And they got new coach. And, you know, I could see that being really good. And I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a happier person. And then I thought, no, I'm not. Because 
<laughs> I, and now I'm going to have super high expectations. And if they go, say, 10 and 2, I'm going to be so mad for those two games. Like, you know, you kind of accept losing. I don't care when the Giants lose now. You know, now, now if they get good, then I'm going to be even more upset when they lose. So, no, mis- sports is misery. And, uh, and um, thank you for so being here. You should be happy. going to get Carlos Correa and shortstop. Oh, no, I would hate that. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for uh, Next watching. Next year, the finals. All I'm saying is expectations breed more misery. Unless you win the championship, it's like you're gonna be pissed. Yeah, I'm sure as a Yankees fan, you really uh, missed out. On they a lot make of me very angry when they don't. When they, when they don't win every game. I get mad. All right, uh, we're out of here, folks. We'll see you on HQ uh, at noon. And Yankees are rough for you. Giants won won two Super Bowls. The- Yankees. What was? All, all of our listeners in Cleveland are just crying for you, Adam. What was rough for me? The 80s, you said? No, I was going to say the 80s were good for you because the Giants and the Canes, but I forgot the Yankees were bad in the 80s. Also, I was born, in, I was uh, six in 1980, so, <laughs> or 1990, so uh, the 80s were nothing for me. Uh, we're out of here, folks. We'll talk to you on the Mailbag Show. Take it easy. Oh, we're old. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.